0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipness. As entrepreneurs and business owners, it is really easy to get caught up in what we do, in the products that we sell, in the services that we deliver, that we lose focus on why our customers are coming to us, why we're getting clients. There is a world of people clamoring to work with you if only they could understand what it is you do and how it drives value to them. They are looking for something and they don't want to hear that we deliver it, they want to feel it. And we're going to dig into the value that customers want from you and need from you. Today on the Entrepreneur's MBA Podcast, I am your host, Adam Kipnis. I appreciate you joining today and and listening as always. Um, Once you know your value, once you know what it is customers are hoping to get from you, it's really easy to build marketing, messaging, and concepts around it. And um, you get my free book with the tactics to do that from freebookfromadam.com, freebook from Adam.com. So we're gonna teach the value today on the show. You're gonna implement that into the eight tactics in the book. It's super easy, really straightforward. I do want to thank my sponsors, C Suite Radio and Powertexting.com. Powertexting.com gives away a free hotel stay to one participant or one listener of every episode that I do. So stay tuned for more information on that. Today's guest. Is a business consultant and author, a, a value knower, a employee engagement expert. He knows how to take your business, understand the value, help you bring that out to the world. Most of people in corporate America can't even really explain the value of their own company, and here we're trying to do it as small businesses. Mark Boundy, I'm here. Glad you're here to help us make sense of this as small business owners. Thanks for joining.
1: Adam, thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited about this conversation because it's,
0: it, it's very important and necessary that everyone gets clear on their value, whether you sell hammers or whether you consult to billion
1: dollar corporations. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I'm going to lay some groundwork for people. Value isn't what you think it is, value only exists in the mind of your customer. Value is what your customer thinks it is. Now, you can have conversations with them or, or, or influence them in some, whatever way you want to change what value they think it is, but until that value forms between a potential buyer's ears, it does not exist. So tell me more about that. How, it, it exists in our minds. It exists in your minds, but you don't have the money.
0: Good point. (laughs) Now, now, um, I don't want to jump to to the end, but I'm going to jump a little bit to the end because once you know your value, now it can drive your sales. It can drive your marketing. It can drive the um, leadership that you deliver to your employees. It can drive your culture. Can you tease us a little bit on that? And then we'll dig into it a little bit more later.
1: Yeah. uh, Companies exist, the reason, the purpose of any company, uh, even a nonprofit, is to deliver more value to customers and users than it costs them to produce. And if the entire purpose of your entire company is to produce value for customers, um, I believe that the way that modern companies have siloed and organized themselves so that sales or some small number of sales-related roles are the only ones who talk about value with your customer. They're the only ones who get feedback on value from your customer. There's a lot of people in your company who can't really, they they no longer have a direct line of sight to the customer and they no longer have a direct line of sight to how their role whatever it is in the company produces value to the customer and so they can't do that with clarity and so some companies invent this band-aid called the in the uh, um, the inside customer <laughs> or your you know your your internal customer and I- that it, that's a Band-Aid for companies that have organized a true line of sight to the customer out of their operations. And this is true as,
0: as, as small as your second person.
1: You're absolutely right, Adam. Um, we, so my book is all about creating tools to help everybody in the company understand what customer value is so that your marketers who don't talk to customers anymore can start talking about real customer value so that the people who manufacture your product when they're trying to think of small process improvements or when they're trying to think of shortcuts in manufacturing uh, to lower your costs can do it with an eye towards not damaging customer value and oftentimes towards increasing it so that your product uh, designers can come up with product enhancement ideas that increase value, many of which cost very little to produce rather than a million lines of code uh, to produce some feature. Um, And good insight to value. I've seen it over and over again. Um, Somebody who's a developer who has a clear idea to, to what value is to the customer. and say, ah, oh, I can add such and such value with six lines of code. That's easy, it's cheap. And you add huge value for a very small resource outlay. And I've seen it over and over. So giving everybody in your customer a super clear line of sight positively impacts everybody in your entire company and how they focus on a customer.
0: I, I love where you're, where you're going here. So my wife, used to, she worked in account, corporate accounting departments for most of her career. Um, now she has her own business. But at the time, her focus, her department always looked at the project managers, for example, as their customer. Like as the accounting department, they wanted to make things clean and easy for the project managers to be able to reconcile reports and do whatever they needed to do in relation to accounting. But they weren't thinking about the end client, they were thinking about the internal client as you were saying. So how does that internal person, whether it's the administrative assistant, um, a personal assistant if you're you're in a small business, or whether if it's someone doing the paperwork that actually never sees the client, how do they get that line of sight to the, the end customer?
1: Uh, I re- I'm an advocate for having everybody in the co- having to, I have some tools that allow anybody who touches the customer, not just the sales and the, you know, the people who you normally think of sales, anybody who has a vantage point into the customer. I want to teach them how to observe problems at the customer, how to have a simple three question conversation with the customer. To be able to pull insights on value and then to bring that back into a common repository or a common view towards customer value that can get easily and efficiently distributed and shared with everybody inside the company. And in a small company, that might, you know, in a big company, that might be a, a corp, uh, customer data platform, a giant database. In a smaller company, it might be. Um, you know the the weekly town hall meetings or the monthly town hall meetings with what we found out um, in during sales pursuits or sales review meetings uh, I talk about we talk about what is the value to the customer, what outcomes are the customer getting so it becomes a value oriented culture in the company, and when the company thinks about value a bunch of things change in very subtle ways and it's transparent and it's not an overlay that's an additional resource it's just the way a slightly different way you do the things you regularly do
0: right so we're not rebuilding businesses here we're tweaking the viewpoint of how we think about things for example um i'll use the accounting example so if if You, as a small business owner, have an internal bookkeeper slash controller. Uh, Many times when they're out in the community or when they're, you know, at a friend's house, they'll say, oh, what do you do? And they'll say, I, you know, do bookkeeping for XYZ company, rather than saying, my company does this with its clients, correct?
1: Absolutely. Uh, And while you're doing that bookkeeping and helping that project manager reconcile, if you have an idea towards what the end customer wants, uh, oftentimes you'll think of slightly different reports to be able to help show the help the project manager show customer value. The project manager who rather than just managing a project is managing uh, is is adding customer outcomes to that, and when they have a question and there's some metric that might be contained in the data you might uh, negotiate or you know collaborate with accounting to develop a some sort of reporting or some sort of metrics that help the selling company either capture more value um, communicate the value they're delivering or help the customer add even more value to the process
0: that's so important in and so, and such a different way of thinking now when you work with businesses a lot of this is gonna come from the top right it's, we need, we need the employees to buy in and, and to think differently themselves, but a lot of it comes from the leaders of the organization thinking differently and helping their employees think differently. Where do people start
1: in that process? You know, it, it, with a bigger company, yes, you've got to start um, with, a, with the commitment that you're going to start changing the way you think. Um, an easy point of entry is with a sales organization um, and then expanding from the sales organization to the technical sales engineers, to the installation people, to the customer success people and in uh, ever widening rings, I guess, um, like the waves in a pond. Um, but you want to be able and you want to be able to take that value focus into some changeable practicable, measurable, trackable, coachable behaviors. And it's pretty easy to do. And this isn't adding a whole new layer of sales training. In many ways, it's simplifying sales training because value only exists in the mind of your customer. And here's the second truth is that value, the value for your offer is built off of your differentiation. And so no matter what company you are, if you're an entrepreneur just starting out, you want to understand how your offer, your proposed offer, the product, the service you're developing in your mind, how is it different from any other option your customers have? What What are all the differences? And now understand your proposed customer well enough So that you can understand all the ways those small differences positively impact your customer. And so sales training is about not only, you know, the the mechanics of making sure that you meet spec and you're talking to the right people. Um, You want to be able to focus all of your real sales attention, your, your highest level of sales attention to your differentiation. How am I different? then once you find out all the difference and and talking to new people in the company where you think that differentiation might turn into value confirm that they think that differentiation exists then ask them how what talk about the outcomes the different outcomes that that differentiation can deliver for them all over the company so selling is not this complicated orchestration of a large group decision where you're getting half a dozen pieces of information from each person. And while that's important, you want to focus the most important thing, the non-negotiable part of that six people you, six, six items you want to get from everybody is what's the differentiation and how do they value it?
0: You bring up a really interesting point that, that just is, is sort of bouncing around in my head in that it, in that as businesses, we say we, Put the customer first. We help our customer do A, B, and C. We do this, we do that. And that sort of flows down to all of the employees of what we do. Um, But you bring up the point of the different points of view already in the business, and that it's important to ask, I guess level set, where your employees are today, correct? How do they think of the business? Not the company line, but in real life, in their
1: soul. Absolutely. Uh, Very important. Uh, A lot of times your salespeople have a much different perspective and sometimes that perspective is good and valuable. Sometimes it is misinformed because we haven't helped them understand what our real differentiation is and uh, they don't sell it. I meet a lot of salespeople who simply respond to an RFP when it shows up at the, you know, at the door and answer the questions in the RFP, which is, do you meet our minimum standard? They don't push beyond that to, what do we do over and above the the minimum standards in the RFP, and what value does that deliver? They don't go out to the people within within the client. So when those people only respond to the vanilla RFP and then they get beaten up for price because they really aren't that different, because the customer doesn't know that they're different because they, you know, they haven't talked about it. Um <laughs> suddenly those salespeople are have their souls crushed because they think we aren't that different and I've got to compete on price. Um so sometimes the opinions out in the sales force are because we haven't helped salespeople have the right conversations or helped any of our sellers, which is in my in my book, sellers is anybody who touches the customer. Salespeople is a specific title, um,
0: <laughs> right? Uh, the, the the you know receptionist at the front door is part of the sales process, and a lot of businesses don't think about that.
1: Absolutely. Um, a local realtor calls their receptionist the director of first impressions, and <laughs> it, it, it's a little—it's a little bit trite, but it's extremely accurate.
0: Right, and you know, a lot of people—I mean, I, I giggled a little bit, and not at the um, at the title, but the difference in thinking. If the receptionist thinks of themselves that way, that's a differentiator in and of itself, because they're viewing their role as critical to the company versus please have a seat. Would you like a water?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And please don't ask me for anything because I'm manning the phones. (laughs) Right. Right, Because I I have another phone call to take. And and I've got to go photocopy something for somebody, or I've got to go track uh, a package for somebody. Uh, That's, that's often what people ask them for, but that's not what they're there for.
0: Right, so the, the um, making a photocopy while a task is critical to the client experience. And if that process can change in some way to the better, can it deliver a better customer yeah. experience? Is that, that's, I guess, one of the questions that, that people should be asking themselves
1: uh absolutely and you know i i um i think there is in big corporate america there's a big um buzzword there's a, a trend which i in, fully endorse called customer experience management so everybody who touches the customer um has to be taught how to prioritize the customer make them feel good about what they're doing and um this is a gross, unfair s- simplification, but I'll say it just to be a little bit um, uh, confrontational. Is the customer experience is all about don't screw anything up? Yeah. Re- all right. The reality is, it's delight the customer and make sure that you 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 do everything within your scope to give the customer a great experience, but in my book where you're having a value focused culture, you're going one or two steps beyond that very valuable, very great goal. And so the the low end customer experiences don't screw anything up. High end customer experience, the state of the art in the customer experience community is find ways to delight your customer. And I would like to add a layer above that with my clients and that is teach everybody who touches your customer, how to spot your customer having problems and ask three questions. That seems like a problem, Mr. Customer. How far does it extend? When you have that problem, what, does it, what happens within your organization? And how many dollars a, a year do you think that's costing your organization? How many dollars per part or whatever does that? And if those people can ask that set of questions and then bring that insight on value back to the hive customer experience is and, and it takes you know it takes it three minutes to have that conversation seven minutes if the customer starts really blabbing about it um, and if they're blabbing about it that seven minutes is the most valuable seven minutes that you had your entire day as a customer experience professional so when you bring that back to the hive, now everybody in your organization has just gained an insight into a new area where your company can create value for a customer. So
0: so I want to break this down in, in my head and, and I, I want to make sure that, that I'm tracking with with what, what we're talking about here. So in a lot of businesses, especially the the individual business owner, the sol- the solopreneur world, is I help clients do blank, yep. right? That's, that's your standard statement. I help small business owners reach their goals. And I, yeah. the, ne- the next level of that, sorry, the, ne- oh. I, the next level of that is well, you know, what keeps my customers up at night? You know, what, what, what is their big pain point? And that statement becomes, I help customers solve X that keeps them up at night. And you're talking about a third level of almost creating a reason why they stay up at night that they may not even have fully identified themselves, and that's where the real value comes in that a company brings.
1: Yeah, they they may or may not have identified it themselves, but they absolutely have not connected that problem to what it is that you sell. Um, I make this mistake every year or two with a prospective client. I am an expert in my products and services. And I do a fantastic job doing discovery all over my company. And then I lob, I do this, this is the mistake. I lob this super insightful proposal that addresses every one of their problems and sit it down proudly and let them, and I sit back and let them bask in my brilliance for this, (laughs) right? but i what i don't do adequately is connect their problem to my solution you said you needed this i talked to betty over here and she said this is one of the problems so that's why i put this in the proposal i talked to somebody over in accounts receivable and they have this challenge that's why i put this in my proposal i talked to so and so in finance they have this problem and that's why i put this in the proposal so you see my proposal is really trying to solve a lot of different issues throughout your entire organization and i'm really excited to be able to work with you and and help all of these people solve all these problems and if you don't as a professional at any in any company connect your expertise to the customer's problems that you've brilliantly discovered through fantastic sales and discovery conversations if you don't connect that to them. They don't, because you're the expert in your solution. You know without you know extremely rapidly, because you swim in your, your area of expertise every day, you immerse yourself in that, but your customer doesn't. They can't intuitively see the connection between their problems and your solutions. so you've got to do that, and. To underscore this, remember, customers don't buy your product or your service. They buy outcomes. They don't buy a car. They buy transportation. Um, I sat next to a president of, you know, in an airplane who's president of a small food company that makes the um, in-store brand pizzas for, call it Safeway. And so you come into Safeway and that pizza is, you know, the one you pick up to take home and you just uh, bake it and eat it. And it's a really good pizza and you can only get it at Safeway. And he was saying, you know, it's really critical that we have a really great tasting product with the best ingredients possible. And so that people come into the Safeway so that when they do that, because they're too tired to cook and they, they buy this, you know, ready-made pizza, they you know, stop in and get the eggs and the milk and the, the new toilet paper and whatever else. So I told them, you don't sell food, you sell traffic. Safeway is, doesn't contract with you to have another SKU on their shelves. They aren't contracting with you to fill one more space in a refrigerated bunker. They're buying traffic. So remember what it is that your customer is trying to solve for what outcomes your customer gets. And you can, you can, it opens up the doors for a lot of innovation, a lot of creative thinking, and for you to connect to a lot more value than just the purchasing agent who wants to fill that two square feet in the bunker.
0: We're talking to Mark Bounty here on the Entrepreneurs MBA podcast. Um, as I said, podcast, uh, powertexting.com. Uh, gives a free hotel stay to one listener of every show. If you go to podcast trip.com, you can learn more about it and register to win that trip. Uh, you can find more from Mark at bountyconsulting.com. Uh Definitely recommend uh, checking out his website, checking out his book. It's um, a super important piece of business to do exactly what he was just talking about. And that is the connection of what it is you deliver to the customer. Um, You were talking about Safeway and the pizza. In my head, I was thinking about, uh, I don't know why I'm not even hungry, but I was thinking about McDonald's, that McDonald's doesn't sell hamburgers. McDonald's sells peace and quiet in a car of a parent as they pick up their kids from school and going through the drive-through. And, you know, so how do people begin to understand that?
1: Yeah. Um, Your entrepreneurs are trying to build a brand new business. The foundation of building your business is understanding where you're different and then those differences, what outcomes do those deliver for a customer? And then finding out how badly your customer wants those outcomes. And if the customer doesn't want those outcomes badly enough to pay you for what it's going to cost to deliver, don't, don't get into that business or find some better outcomes or change what your offer is to deliver better outcomes. So the, the ground floor of your business plan is how am I going to differentiate and what outcomes does that deliver for a customer? On top of that, you can build what, how many dollars is that worth it to the customer, and now you can develop your pricing strategy and now backfill your business plan into what revenue you can generate to see if it makes sense. So the, the core of your new business plan for any new starting entrepreneur, we start with What's your differentiation and what's it worth?
0: And that's something you and I talked about the other day was a lot of people price first and say, I need to make X amount of money. So my service is X hundred dollars, whatever that is. And we price first and then we go and deliver it to the customer. You're talking about the pricing part comes after the differentiators and value.
1: I I like both of those thought process. If you think about, I have to make this price as the minimum you need in order to stay in business, that really creates a cost-based stay in business floor. That man, you'd be ridiculous. You know, you're, you're a fool to not make those calculations, but that's your floor. If you differentiate and you can get above that floor, every dollar that you get in additional price, it's a dollar in profit because it's not gonna cost you any different to deliver to the customer. Once you've once you've built your product, your costs are kind of locked in. Um, and if you sell that exact same product for $1,000 versus $900, it's gonna cost you the exact same $700 to produce it. You could make $100 on it or $300 on it. Every additional dollar in price is a profit dollar. So pricing is profit.
0: That's perfect. And one last question for me as we wrap up, and this is something you brought up earlier that you said once every you know, year or two, you lull yourself into your brilliance and you present and you, you know, get sort of a glassy-eyed, we'll think about it probably on the other end because you didn't connect to the customer. How do you um, stop yourself or how do you make sure that that doesn't happen? What, what are some triggers that you see on the other side of the table in those scenarios to make sure that you're connecting your solution to their problem?
1: Um, I'm a huge believer and, and I've been a Miller Hyman um, sales consultant forever. One of the things that Miller Hyman really inst- Uh, has instilled on me as to make a plan for the conversation and it doesn't have to be a script it's usually in you know for me it's just bullet points so that I know during a presentation call I have to make sure I've got the bullet points in front of me because when you are in the thick of a presentation you can get excited about people's positive feedback, or you can get distracted with a lot of things. And the way the human brain works is when you get excited, your body ad- uh, releases adrenaline. If you think something's going wrong, it releases adrenaline. If you think something's going right, it might le- release adrenaline. Adrenaline shuts down the higher reasoning parts of your brain. You get stupid on a bre- adrenaline. So in a meeting, I'm often excited and distracted, and there's a low level of of this hormone that makes me stupid and makes me forget to do the stuff. This is the physiology of why when you're in an argument with your significant other and you think of the clever thing to say after the argument's over, that's because you were thinking of it, but adrenaline was shutting that part of your brain down and not connecting it to your mouth. It's because your body was working as designed. So plan your meeting, write down, make yourself some notes so that when you get a little flustered, you look down and you've got an anchor. You've got a life raft right there saying, get back on track, Mark, get back on track. Here's your track.
0: I love that. And what a great, what a great important point. Great way to end Mark. Thank you for just talking about the, the differentiations and, and value that people can bring. Because I think it's obviously you believe and I believe it's way under discussed and way underutilized in businesses today.
1: Um, that's why I'm here and that's why I'm passionate about what I do. And Adam, thank you so much for uh, inviting me. Thanks for the, the great conversation. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes, it was fantastic. Look forward to talking with you more and everyone check out Boundy, B-O-U-N-D-Y for more about Mark. And, um, definitely when you, when you jump off this podcast, think about one or two differentiators that you have in your business and go deep. Um, you know, we're here to bring information and value to you, but we want to connect deeper with you, um, So let both of us know where we can support you and where we can help you uncover value. Thanks, Mark. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com.